God is good, amen? Amen. Uh, I'm kind of giddy right now uh, being with, with all of you. It really is a, uh, an exciting thing. And for those of you who are online, the time is coming when you're able to, uh, uh, to be with us as well. Yeah, you can be seated if you are here. And maybe you're online and you're, uh, you're standing up right now. Go ahead and you can be seated as well. So uh, it, is, uh, it is great to, uh, to be here. And um, it was a little bit of, f- of fear and trepidation, I've got to say, as we were looking at uh, trying to figure out how to begin this process of opening up. And uh, so thank you, volunteers and leaders who are here this morning. And uh, real quick, for those of you who are online, uh, if you would like to be a part of our service next week, it's a soft launch, so if you would like to volunteer and be a part of what, uh, being behind the scenes and all the good things that God's doing here at Life Church, uh, you can be here next week. We'd love to get you uh, signed up as well uh, to be a part of this. And so thank you, volunteers and leaders, for all that you do. I know you've been longing and waiting for this day and hoping uh, that that reopen would happen. And and uh, kind of fits and starts as we're trying to navigate this. And uh, we know that there might be changes tomorrow. Everything might change tomorrow for us. Uh, But thank you for being here uh, today. Um, We're continuing our series on the parables of Jesus. Uh, When I was a young teenager, which was uh, quite a few years ago, in this coronavirus time and all the weirdness, I turned 50 a couple of weeks ago. So uh, yay, 50. Um, Got my ARP thing in the mail, so that was super, super fun for me. Didn't sign up yet. 16 bucks a month. Seems like a good deal. So uh, when I was a young teen, my family and I went uh, to sail in the Channel Islands off the coast of California uh, a couple of summers. And just a beautiful time. My aunt and uncle had a boat and we were able to sail out there. And uh, just a fantastic time being out in the Pacific Ocean. If you've never had an opportunity to be out there, it's beautiful. The water is freezing in the, uh, the Pacific Ocean, but it was wonderful. Um, so, I mean, a sailboat, Pacific Ocean, lots of fun, lots of water, seals, kelp, fish. That's what it was for about the two weeks that we would be out there. And uh, when I say fish, uh, that is what we ate day after day after day after day was fish. That is what we did. Um, it gets old very quickly uh, to eat fish, and that's it. And so for those of you who love fish, that's great. I appreciate you, love you, but too much fish is too much fish. And uh, after a number of days on the boat, we were just hungry for a burger. That was what we were longing for, just some, some good burger. That's what we wanted. And uh, we got it at Catalina Island, Avalon. It was just, just wonderful to get that. But back to the fish. So my uncle decided it would be a great idea to just figure out if we could eat anything that comes out of the ocean. And so he would, he would swim, you know, down and, you know, scuba, whatever we needed to do. And he would go down and he'd pick up things like this. Uh, this is a sea urchin. Um, it's a spiky sea urchin. Um, I don't know if you can see that. Nope, I guess it's not up there quite yet. Uh, but there's a, a spiky sea urchin uh, that you would be amazed at if you saw it on the screen uh, right now. Um, so he, but he decided, are there things that we can eat other than the fish? So he would find these things. And so here are a couple of, couple of lessons that we have here for us. Uh, number one, things with spikes are hard to eat. They, they, they very much are difficult to eat, and you got to be very, very careful with those things. Uh, the second thing is, is not everything tastes like chicken. Not everything tastes like chicken. Uh, yeah, that's a sea urchin right there. Um, and then the last thing is, uh, yeah, we got the uh, not everything tastes like chicken. This one right here, sea cucumbers are not good to eat. Can you go back to the previous slide? Um, that right there is a sea cucumber. 
My uncle went down, grabbed one of those. That's not us, by the way. Uh, grabbed one of those, and we ate it. Or I should say he ate it because there was not a way in the world I was going to eat that thing. So anyway, and it was not good, I got to tell you. So, um, but there's actually a point to this. We're going to get to it at the very end of uh, end of the uh, service this morning. So last week, we spent time in Matthew chapter 13, and uh, some key takeaways um, that all dealt with the reality of the action of the kingdom of God within us and uh, within the world around us. The reality that God is at work within us, and it might seem insignificant at the beginning. It might seem insignificant at, at that, that starting point, but God is at work, just like the, uh, the leaven um, uh, was there and just like the mustard seed, that God's at work. It might seem small at the beginning, but it is going to be significant uh, in the end. And uh, we're a snapshot of that activity of God. Remember, God pointed to people, or Jesus said, you know, look at the lame person, the, the one who was healed, look at the person raised from the dead, um, and he pointed to them as a snapshot of God's activity, starting small, uh, but, then, uh, but then growing, and then also the incredible worth and value of the kingdom of God. It wasn't just, a, uh, uh, just something that you could give or take, you know, I can take it or leave it, uh, but it was something incredibly valuable, and that is the kingdom of God. And so this, uh, t- this week, we're going to talk about the two remaining parables uh, that are in that end section of Matthew chapter 13. And these are the bookends, um, which is very interesting when, when I start describing them. The bookends for those other four parables that we talked about last week. So if you're confused by that, go read Matthew chapter 13. Uh, grab, your, uh, grab your smartphone, whatever you need to do, and read that Matthew chapter 13. You're going to see all of these. And so there's these bookend uh, parables that Jesus tells. And let me go ahead and read those. Matthew chapter 13 Verses 24 through 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. Then the enemy went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did all these weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you're pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, first collect the weeds, tie them in bundles to be burned, then gather the wheat and bring them into my barn. A bit later with his disciples, uh, now they're in the room. If you remember last week, they went from being outside uh, to now being indoors. And Matthew chapter 13, verse 47, this is the second one. And you're going to see a theme that shows up in, uh, in these two parables. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come. And separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the blazing furnace where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So this is a description that happens uh, in both of these parables, something dealing with the end times. And so we're going to unpack this parable a little bit for us today. There's a lot to it, but we're going to just focus on a couple of things. And so when Jesus shares these parables, some immediate thoughts come to mind based on on Matthew, uh, what he's already written in the Gospels. Because when you're reading through the Gospels, you're reading through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they, they are purposeful in the stories that they tell. It's not just happenstance for them. They, they tell a story for a reason. And so in this one, uh, earlier on, uh, Matthew, as he's telling the story of the disciples, he actually brings this image up of fishing. And uh, Jesus says something about it, which I think is very interesting. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. 
It says, as he, as Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately, they left the nets and followed him. So there's this idea of casting nets that we see in Matthew chapter 13 that actually then shows up here or shows up much earlier in Matthew chapter 4, shows up again in Matthew chapter 13. So this becomes a theme, this idea of casting that net and then fishing for people. So they're to change their focus of lives from fishing for, for profit to fishing for eternity. The focus was no longer on fish but on people. And then while it's easy to read lots of details into the parables that Jesus tells. Uh, you can make all of them into allegories. And in uh, some of the early church fathers, this is what they did. Every little meaning, every little thing had something, a deeper meaning that we were missing if we weren't smart enough to catch it. Um, but I would prefer to listen to what Jesus says about his parables. Right? I want to listen to what he says about interpreting them. And so this is what we see in Matthew chapter 13, verse 36. Uh, then he left the crowds and went into the house. And his disciples approached him saying, explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. So that was the first one that Jesus told to them when they're out there in the crowd. And so Jesus begins to explain to them what this parable means. And so it helps us understand when we hear from Jesus what it means, that's what it means, right? So we've got to be careful how we interpret it. So um, he answered, Jesus answered, the one who sows the good seed is the son of man. Who's the son of man? Well, the Son of Man is Jesus. That's, that's who that is. Uh, the field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one. And the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is at the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. So everything in this particular parable, according to Jesus, has a pretty specific meaning that, we, uh, that, that Jesus tells us about. And at the end, just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, so Jesus will send his angels, and they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers, and they will throw them into the, fire, the furnace of fire, where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun uh, in the kingdom of their Father. Let anyone with ears listen. In other words, get a hold of this. <laughs> let, it, let it be something that actually impacts your life and changes your life. So that's what this is, uh, that let anyone with ears listen. So there are two things, two responsibilities that we have as followers of Christ, those who are in the kingdom. And they're very simple, uh, and, I, and I really hope that they help transform us, though, and hopefully you're going to challenge us, especially the second point, but the very first one here. Our responsibility is to plant seeds and cast nets. That is our responsibility in this world, folks, is to plant seeds and to cast nets. The enemy may try to mess up our plans. The enemy may try to mess up the church, God's plan. The enemy may do everything he can to sow discord, everything that he can to sow problems and difficulties into the world around us, but our responsibility still is to cast nets and to plant seeds. This is what God has called us to do. Um, these parables revealed to us, you will always have around you those that seem to be working against you. You're always going to have that around you, no matter where you are but it doesn't remove what God has called us to do through Jesus Christ. Throughout his time with his disciples, he's inviting them to join him in the fields, invite him to join him in this harvest of the, uh, of, of the fields, as well as casting nets. Remember that call of Peter and Andrew to now uh, fish for people. This is entrusted to us. The kingdom is all about the casting and the sowing. 
And so there's something interesting about the wheat and the weeds. Um, these, these, the, the weed in particular that Jesus is talking about here that he uses in this parable is a type of weed that looks just like the wheat when it starts to grow. You can't tell a difference between them. It's only when the fruit starts to be born that the difference is shown. And so as it was growing up, that's why the, uh, the servants who are out in the field there for the master, they're looking at it going, uh, they don't notice it until right when that fruit starts to happen and the wheat starts to, um, to grow and they realize, oh, we have a big problem here in this field. The crazy thing is, is that the harvest is the only place to separate the bad from the good. That's that, that end time ultimately is where that separation happens. It only happens with much care, with deliberateness at the end times where everything is separated out. So the servants had to, the fishermen had to do this. They had to trust in God. And I don't know about you, but I look at the world around us um, and, and I find it difficult that our only responsibility is to just plant seeds and cast nets because the second point here is we must allow God to be the ultimate judge. We must allow God to be the ultimate judge. Now, I have found it difficult in the previous couple of weeks to not judge. I don't know how many of you are with me on that you look, we see things happening around us and we want to cast judgment immediately on all of this. We want to cast judgment right now on some of the things that are happening and requirements and masks and the coronavirus and separation and yellow, orange, red. We want to cast judgment on the people around us. And folks, we have to be incredibly careful because I don't know where God is at work. I cannot see the hearts of men and women. Only God can see that. And I have to be careful so that I don't, in my judgment, cast somebody off before God is done with them. That I don't, in my judgment, say, you are irredeemable. So I would rather say, God, continue to be at work in the lives and in the hearts of your people as well as those people right now that we might consider weeds. Have you come across weeds before? <laughs> we have a garden, and I know I've referred to this garden a number of times uh, in this, in this uh, season, uh, but it's growing, which is great. Uh, but what do we have to do on a regular basis? We have to go out there and, and clean those weeds out of there. But what's God saying in this parable right now? There are some weeds that are gonna to continue to grow that God is the ultimate judge over, not us. Had a conversation with somebody recently, uh, my, my wife and I did, and this individual uh, came to us and said, hey, I, I, just really, I just really need prayer right now. I just really need prayer right now. I just feel like so many things are just an upheaval and I don't understand it and, and I just need prayer right now. On the outside, looking, looking um, at that, I, not, I couldn't necessarily see that God was at work. And there could have been on my part a judgment that says, no, God is not at work in that individual's life. Right? I mean, we sometimes do that. We have children that have wandered away from God and we cast judgment on them. 
We have people with a different political view than we have, and we cast judgment on them. We have somebody who has a different lifestyle than we have, we cast judgment on them. In this parable, we never know, I don't think, we never know where God is at work, and so folks, we need to trust him. Our responsibility is cast nets and plant seed. God ultimately will do the judging. And remember, these, this parable is dealing with the world at large. The, the wheat and the weeds through Jesus' own words, he says, the field is the world. It's very easy for us to take this in, uh, in for the church and say, well, that's what it's representing is the church. And there has to be, you know, there's going to be weeds and weed all in the church. And we, we can't do anything about it. We have to have no judgment at all within the church. And that's not the case. Because the Bible gives very, very clear recommendations, a very clear path for the lifestyle and the way that we live our lives and, and the things that we should be doing among brothers and sisters. There are very, very clear distinctions there. That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about in the world around us at large, that we are not the ultimate judge because we cannot see the hearts of men and women around us. So God says, leave the judging to me. When we do that, I believe that when we plant seeds and cast nets, that that fruit and that good fish, that, man, they just come in to that harvest. Um, made clear in this interpretation of the parable of the wheat and the weeds uh, by Jesus uh, is that the enemy is the devil. It's the devil who sows those bad seeds. It's the devil who sows that bad fruit that we see in the world around us. The interesting thing here is that the enemy sows the seed and then leaves. He sows the seed and then he leaves. When I was studying for, uh, studying for this, that point, man, just shook me to the core. And I was thinking about so many of you that I know, so many of you online that I have, uh, that I have met before through different interactions. Um, and how many of you have experienced that very thing where the enemy has come in, sowed a seed in your life or a loved one's life, and then left? The enemy cares not one bit for you or for your loved ones. Cares not one bit for the, for, for the cultural crisis that we have around us, just enjoys sowing the seeds of discord and disunity and hatred. That is what the enemy does. And what does he do? Then he leaves. And he could care less about the eternal state of anyone. That's so different than the master, right? So different than our Jesus who sows that good seed and watches over that field and longs for that fruit to be born. Remember, our responsibility is to cast nets <laughs> and our responsibility is to plant seeds. In the casting of the nets and in the planting of the seed, at the end, all of it is taken in. Every bit of the kingdom, every bit of the world is brought in, and then that final judgment is reserved for Jesus Christ himself. There's no premature separation, right? There, there's, and so there must be a purpose in this. Why, why is this allowed in the world around us? Why, why is this the way that God has chosen to reveal his kingdom? Um, how many of you ever prayed before that you want to be taken out of this world because it's just too much? Anybody ever prayed that before if you're, you're at home watching right now? I mean, I know I have prayed that honestly. I'm like, okay, God, I'm done. I'm Just take me now, Lord. It's all over. Uh, John 17, 15 says this. This is Jesus' own words, his own prayer for us. 
I'm not asking that you take them out of the world. He's praying to his father. But I ask that you protect them from the evil one. So Jesus says, I don't want you leaving this world. I want you to be protected in this world. They don't belong to this world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Folks, we've got to be in the word. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Why has Jesus sent us into the world? To cast nets and to sow seed. That's why he has sent us. And then Paul's insight, I love this, 1 Corinthians chapter 5. He says this, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral persons. That, that's a good standard to have. And yet, what does Paul go on to say? not at all meaning the immoral of this world. So there's, again, there's a distinction drawn between those who are within the church, those in the way that we live our lives, and the way that we act, the way that we believe, the way that that shows up in our interactions with the world around us. But Paul understood that we can take that so far that all of a sudden we're like, no, sorry, I can't associate with you because you are, as Paul says here, you are sexually immoral, so therefore I can't associate with you. Paul says you can't do that if you're going to have any sort of impact in the world around us. So folks, you better have friends that don't go to church. You better have friends that are far away from the Lord. This is Paul's encouragement that we have to interact with the world around us because we are sowing seeds and casting nets and letting God decide and letting God uh, work through us and work through the world around us to work behind the scenes, right, with that faith that we see, that small mustard seed, that leaven that's at work. We can't always see it, and yet we know that Jesus is at work around us. Um, I was reading a commentary. I love this quote. What will be clear in the end is partially hidden in the presence so that it takes the eyes of faith to see it. Folks, we need to live in faith, understanding that when we are casting our nets, when we're sowing that seed, that by faith, God is at work behind the scenes, even if we can't see it. When all is said and done, following the kingdom of God will lead to eternal life. Not following the kingdom of God will lead to the outcome that we read in the parables. That there is a separation that takes place. There, there, there is a sense from, uh, from, from the word that, that, it's, that there's, a, there's a painful separation that's, that's, uh, that based on this life now, right, that our lives right now are incredibly important because they have a determination for what the future holds for us. So I think it's safe to say that there are good fish and bad fish, some tasty and some not so much. When I was uh, out, in the, uh, out in the Pacific Ocean uh, pulling those fish up there, sea bass, fantastic. That is wonderful, wonderful uh, stuff to eat. Uh, there was flounder. Is that the right word I'm looking for? Flounder, that's like the flatfish or something like that. That was wonderful. Like I said, those sea urchins, yeah, not so much. Sea cucumber, Forget it. They look like spaghetti, but that's, that's too much information. Um, what kind of fish are you? What kind of seed are you? And I believe this is not something expressly in the parable here, but I believe something happens, uh, right, when we go to Jesus and we say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Set me free from the way of life the way that I was before. Uh, that it's almost like that bad seed becomes good seed, that bad fish becomes the good fish. <laughs> I think God is able to transform across those boundary lines. That's why we have to wait for God to ultimately judge, reserve that for him, and our responsibility is to cast nets and to sow seed. 
I'm going to invite everyone where you are, either you're at home uh, online watching or here in a person. I'm going to invite you to just bow your heads for just a moment. Father, I thank you for this morning. God, our desire is to honor you, to bless you, and to trust you. And God, as we are, um, we are in this position, Lord, um, God, it's easy for us who are within the church, it's easy for us to judge those who are outside the church. God, I ask that just like this parable reveals, Lord, I ask that you would forgive us for prematurely judging those who are outside the church. God, forgive us for casting aspersion upon those whose lifestyle or political views or understanding of the word or whatever, God. Forgive us, God, for casting upon them a sense that they are irredeemable or they are broken beyond repair. And so, Lord, we have pushed them away. God, forgive us as the church when we operate in a way that's against what your parable reveals. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, and whether you're here in person or you're online, you want to be a part of the kingdom of God. And you feel like right now that there's a, that there, there's a fundamental uh, 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 separation right now between you and God, and you want to make sure that that relationship is right. I'm going to invite you to just pray a very simple prayer after me, whether you're here in, in person or you're online. Just pray a very, very simple prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, help me to trust, me, trust my life to you. Jesus, help me to follow you. Lord, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins, for forgiving me and bringing me new life. Lord, I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now on the screen uh, in front of you, um, I'm going to encourage you to text the word journey to 74574, and uh, you'll get a response, and then uh, some really quick, easy ways uh, for you to begin this journey of faith as you follow after Jesus Christ, and super simple, kind of short uh, audio, kind of podcast idea uh, to help you on this journey, and so I encourage you to do that. Please take advantage of this free resource for you as you uh, choose to follow after the Lord, Uh, and I'm going to invite those who are here with us to stand to your feet. If you're at home, you're welcome to do the same. Um, If you're driving, please don't do that right now. Wait until a little bit later. Um, just one final prayer uh, over you as, uh, as we finish out this morning. Lord, I thank you for this morning. And God, I, I ask for your blessing upon these who uh, have gathered here in particular, our volunteers and our, um, and our leaders. God, those who are watching online, I pray a special blessing upon them as well, that God, you would show yourself to be incredibly faithful in this season. God, we see the world around us. We sense the upheaval. We sense, um, we sense within us, God, that struggle for right and wrong. And God, while we might have our opinions, God, we might have our ideas of what we think it is. And uh, Lord, help us to not put our trust and hope in a political system. Help us, God, not put our hope and trust in, a, in social, uh, social media. Help us, God, not put our hope and trust in individuals. But God, our ultimate hope and trust is in you and you alone. And so God, help us to do the responsibility that you've called us to do, to cast nets and Lord, to sow seed. God, that's what you've asked us to do, and so God, help us to do that effectively. God, within the church, I ask that we would be a people that are marked by your presence, 
that God, even though that we know that that might cause friction in the world around us, help that friction be around who Jesus Christ is, not around some, some fringe beliefs or understanding we might have, but God, let it be around Jesus and him alone. And God, help us as the church find ways to bring reconciliation, restoration, and hope to the world around us. Lord, we love you this day. God, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Lord, you're an awesome God. We love serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us online today. And thank you so much to our leaders uh, for joining us in person this morning. And if you are, um, as you leave uh, this morning, I know for uh, some of you might have to leave, uh, but as you leave this morning, um, our ushers will be at the back there and they'll have a bucket. This is our new way to take up offering. Uh, offering is going to be taken up that way, no longer passing the plate, things like that, just in this new era. But they'll be standing back there. If you need an envelope, envelopes will be available back there as well. God bless you. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week week.